How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. As always, so good to be with you. Uh, today, I'm joined by my lovely wife, who's sitting across the table from me. Hi. How are you? I'm very tired. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, we just got back from a cruise last night um, from the Bahamas. We flew back across the country. and um, I'm still on East Coast time. East Coast time. It's 9.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time which means it's 12.30 a.m. East Coast, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so you're really tired, and you're working tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. and then the next morning, and then mm-hmm. you'll take a day off, and then you work two more days in a row. Yeah. Too many. Too many. But I'm thankful for you, Mama. Uh, we both work. I work from home. Layla works as a nurse. For those of you who are new listeners, super glad to have you. Um, if you are new... Go to dadtire.com. We give you a bunch of free stuff there, but we also connect you over to a closed group that we have on Facebook. We've got thousands of guys from around the world who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously, and uh, we'd love to have you get connected with that group. Um, The reason I have Layla on, even though she's like begging me, Jared, please let me just go to bed because I have to work and I'm so tired. Uh, The reason I'm having Layla on is because we're talking about what it looks like um, to stay connected as a married couple with young kids especially um, newborns, which we have a six-month-old. Mm-hmm. She's an infant. She's an infant. Mm-hmm. I never know like, like the... I don't know. There's an actual like cutoff when they go from newborn to infant. I don't know when it is, but... Mm-hmm. We have an infant, so we'll talk about that because uh, that's our third. And um, so we've got a little bit of experience, although we feel still feel like rookies in many, many ways. Um... Before we do, though, before we dive into that specific topic, um, did you enjoy the cruise this time? Because I've talked a lot about cruises on the, <laughs> in the past and taking you on dates. I've talked about this at the conference and kind of make fun of you because you didn't like... No, you think I hated it. I did not hate our first cruise. I did enjoy the second cruise much more. I really enjoyed this vacation. This was an amazing cruise. It was really good, yeah. Um, Coco K. Yeah. Stole my heart. Yeah, so I got asked to speak. I led the devotional. It was for the Jesus Freak DC Talk Cruise. And uh, I was graciously asked to lead all the devotionals in the morning. And uh, so we got to bring the family. And um, it was just, I've never been on like a Christian cruise, which I had all kinds of reservations going on a Christian cruise, wondering what it was going to be like. Uh, Bless you, babe. Thank you. Sorry, allergies. <laughs> what can you do? You're making that like psychopath face for. I was <laughs> <laughs> trying to hold it in. <laughs> like, what's going on over there? Uh, Thank I thought you. you were like demon possessed for a minute, Thank but you. I didn't realize That's you good. were sneezing. Okay. Bless you. May the Thank Lord you. bless you. Allergies. Pray those away. Uh, um, yeah, I didn't know what to expect on the Christian cruise, but. It w- I was actually really pleasantly surprised. Um, just a cool camaraderie with all the people on the on the ship and mm-hmm. um, to like worship together and just to know that everyone who signed up really signed up because they love Jesus most likely. And um, I don't know. It was cool. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was very pleasantly Thank surprised. You. It was amazing. Um, one guy who I got to see there was a guy named Micah Tyler. And um, Micah is a ridiculously talented, talented um, musician. And I heard him play a couple times on the ship. And I was like, dude, this guy is so good. And I went to look him up on Instagram. 
and it said that he was following dad tired. And so I was like, what the heck? <laughs> so, uh, so I messaged him. I was like, bro, what's up? You crushed it today. So good. Anyway, short story long, we got to, uh, meet up and turns out he's like, he's been a dad tired follower for a while mm-hmm. and he's totally been encouraged by the dad tired ministry. Nice guy. Yeah. So humble, but like ridiculously talented. So if you haven't heard of him, go check out his music. He is a stud and he's from Texas, which is, uh, we do a lot of conferences in Texas. Um, but even Mike was like, man, there's so few resources for dads out there. And uh, he's a young dad. And so he just felt like super encouraged by the dad tired ministry, which brings me to my next point. Uh, we're giving away free devotionals um, for our, our Stop Behaving Dad Tired devotionals, another resource that we're trying to give away to just help men lead their family well. If you haven't picked one of these up, you can get it for free. Um, if you just make a contribution to the ministry, all contributions are tax deductible. And as our way of saying thank you for contributing to the ministry and helping us reach more men for the sake of the gospel, you can get, we'll send you a free copy of the devotionals as, as again, as a way to say thank you for doing that. So you can go to dadtired.com forward slash give um, or donate. I never remember. It's got a lot of forward slashes. You'll see a giant button, devotional button when you go on the website. Uh, make a contribution and we will give you that gift for free. Um, also want to thank uh, our friends over at Marriage After God, um, Je- Jennifer and Aaron Smith. They just put out their book recently. Super good. People are always asking me, like, what recommendations do you have for marriage books? And uh, this is one of them. We were on their podcast not too Mm -hmm. long ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, they just have such a good ministry, really, really cool ministry. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't picked up that book or if you haven't subscribed to their podcast, you definitely want to go listen to that. And lastly, um, there's a website, babe, I haven't talked to you about this, called Policy Genius, Mm. Uh, policygenius.com. And uh, one super cool thing they do that I think is really helpful for our listeners, uh, they sponsored this episode and they help us make this episode possible. But one thing that they do is they make getting insurance, especially life insurance, super, super easy, which for some of us who are now dads and husbands and we're figuring out like, God forbid we get sick or we get in an accident or something terrible happens, what would it look like to take care of our family and make sure our families are well taken care of? in our absence. Um, and so I was actually playing around on their website, uh, and they make it like within two minutes, you can have a quote. It's all within their website. Um, so you don't have to like bounce around a bunch of different people. You don't even have to interact with a human. If you don't want to, they actually give you that option. Like, do you want to interact with our amazing customer service team? Or would you just like to do this solo? And you can poke around and play on the numbers, but they just basically bring making, uh, getting life insurance in 2019 way more, uh, they brought it up to speed mm-hmm. and, and up to date on Simplified that. Simplified it. Simplified it. And um, anyway, they make it very, very e- easy. So if you don't have life insurance or if you feel like I, I do, but I don't really know what it is and I need to like go back and kind of see mm-hmm. what I'm paying or am I paying the right thing, definitely go um, to policygenius.com. Check out what they're doing. They're going to make it very, very easy. Uh, again, if you need life insurance, but you, you're just busy doing literally anything else, Check out policygenius.com. Super easy way to compare all the top insurers and find the best value for you. Policygenius.com. Nobody wants to shop for life insurance. Uh, It's a weird thing uh, and it's a hard thing to do. No one wants to do it, but they make it very, very easy. Again, policygenius.com is the best website to go and do that. All right, let's dive into today's topic. Um, What does it look like for us to, for couples to pursue each other? Um, 
when after having a newborn or especially with young kids. Here's what we're going to do. We came up with really three kind of thoughts on this, one from a woman's perspective, one from a man's perspective, and then one kind of combined. Uh, you want to go first? You falling asleep over there? Yeah. You hanging in? I am. <laughs> you forgot to tell everybody happy Father's Day. Today's Father's Day. Today's Father's Day. And this is Dad Tired, so I feel like you should say Happy Father's Day. I did on all the social media channels. I made sure I said Happy Father's Day to everyone. And they're listening to this the day after Father's Day or the week after or maybe years after. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Father's Day, man. Happy Father's Day. Hope you felt celebrated. Today, I got to eat a giant steak. Mm -hmm. That's a gift. Um, All right. I'll start. Um. For us, uh, well, first I want to ask you this, this, babe. How do you feel like we did as a married couple after having our babies? We've had three. How do you feel yeah. like we've done? Um, I feel like we did great this third time. Um, the first one was hard because I don't think either of us really knew what to expect. I wasn't expecting all the um, emotional challenges after having a baby. So I didn't know what to do with that. And I think you didn't know what to do with that. Um, And then the second one, we were just kind of in a weird stage in our lives too. So that one was kind of hard to gauge. But with our third, just recently, seven months ago, almost, I feel like we kind of had a good thing going there. Um, I felt well supported. I didn't feel like I had a lot to give in, um, you know, pursuing you, but I think you did a good job. <laughs> uh, well, thanks. Um, yeah. So for context sake, I, I feel that I definitely feel, and I think guys probably feel this most or more. Uh, I, I felt a sense of, um, distance separation mm-hmm. um i think with your first it's weird because all we know of each other is each other there is no like just husband and wife just hu- no it's just husband and, and wife yeah so you go from that whether you've been married we weren't married that long we weren't even mm-hmm. engaged that long we didn't even know each other that long no <laughs> before we got married so we didn't have a ton of like history of just you mm-hmm. and i we'd only known each other what a year and a half before you were yeah. pregnant with elijah mm-hmm. So when he was born, right? Uh, I don't know. We got married. We met four months later. We were engaged. Uh-huh. Six months after that, we were married. So that's like 10 months. And then you, we were married for another nine. Okay. And then yeah. you got pregnant. Um, anyway, it was quick. Yeah, it was fast. So, but whether you've been married, you know, a year and a half or you've been married 10 years, you're still breaking up what was mm-hmm. and what yeah. was, was just the fact that you were husband and wife mm-hmm. and just so husband and wife. you yeah. just husband and wife. And so that there's a, there's a break there and selfishly like mom goes into you. I think every mom goes into pretty hyper-focused mom mode. Yeah. And we're stoked about the baby, but like we also compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, cool well let's get back to everything else that we were doing right. before this little thing yeah. got here and women don't do that we, i use the analogy often on the podcast that women's brains are spaghetti this comes from a book um i can't remember the title <laughs> of the book which is not helpful but i'll try to remember it and reference it but essentially women's brain are spaghetti and so everything touches everything and a, a man's brain is like a waffle it's got individual compartments mm-hmm. 
And so we've got like, cool, well, we had like baby time today and uh, now the baby's sleeping and mm-hmm. let's get back to husband and wife time. But moms don't. Mm-hmm. I had a particularly hard time. I still have a hard time like going from like clocking out at work to now clocking in as wife and mom and then the kids kids go to bed and then just clocking in as just wife. Like I have a hard time uh, doing that like moving into different modes from work mode to wife and mom mode and then just wife mode after the kids go to bed. I can't, I can't seem, I still have a hard time and our kids are eight and almost six and seven months. Do you think that there's anything I can do to help that? Or do you think there's ever a time where you felt like you've done that well? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's a Layla thing or if it's like maybe more like a female thing or just some people in general have a hard time transitioning. Um, so I don't, I don't actually know if there's anything you could do other than, um, no, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm specifically thinking, um, like you, we put the kids down or the kids are away. Like even we go on a date night Mm -hmm. and you know, grandma's watching the kids and it's just you and I, is there something I can like, should I acknowledge you as mom? Should I not bring up kids? Hmm. Yeah. I don't, I know it's hard because we end up talking about the kids and, you know, talking about us as parents my baby's crying. <laughs> Why is she crying? She can hear us talking probably. Aww. Uh, we'll pause this for a <laughs> second and then we'll address uh, our seven-month-old too. See, Just can't really up. like clock out in mom mode. She needs <laughs> me. I'll be back. All right. Well, that was a prime example of uh, <laughs> making it nearly impossible to have categories. Right. <laughs> we just clock in and clock out. Um, and then 30% of my brain, even now, is constantly wondering, what was that about? What's wrong with my baby? Is she going to wake up in the night? Does she yeah. have a tummy ache? Is she getting sick? Yeah. Did she miss me because we left her on our cruise? <laughs> I could keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um well, I don't, I don't think that we, so for first baby, you, you know, there's a big, um, learning curve, learning curve and just disruption, a disruption in what was normal mm-hmm. for us. Second baby, we were living with another family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have like permanent kind of living situation going mm-hmm. on. There was just a lot of instability, mm-hmm. um, And so I I think that there was a lot of factors that contributed. And I think I probably felt it most just you and I feeling separated. Yeah. When Eden was born, our second one, that was probably one of the hardest seasons I think of my life. Not only just having a two-year-old and a newborn, that by itself, even when everything else is just great, um, that's really hard. And then I think for us in that particular season, like you said, there was just a lot of instability and I just constantly felt on edge, really uncomfortable and a ton of anxiety. And so I wasn't at all thinking about like, how can I pursue my husband? And like, 
work on her. I was just trying to get through every day, like without bawling, (laughs) which never happened. I bawled every day. Yeah. Um, It was just a really hard season. Yeah. That season sucked. Yeah, it did. In a lot of ways for us Mm -hmm. and for our marriage. Mm -hmm. It was really crappy. Um, which is why the th- with Ella, our newest, uh, when that when we found out you were pregnant, um, I was just feeling very intentional. And this kind of gets to the first point here. Mm-hmm. I was just feeling super intentional. Like, I don't want this to be the same kind of experience that it was with the first two. I want to really um, do whatever I can to make sure that I just serve you well and try to be as intentional as possible as a husband. Mm-hmm. And I think there was just some maturity from five year gap between our sure. second and third. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I thought of that, that I think is helpful for guys is first we have to like, I always tell guys that we pursue our wife with no expectation because Jesus, that's how Jesus pursued us. Like we weren't the perfect bride and he said, look how awesome you are. I guess I'm going to love you now. Mm-hmm. We were the bride that was running away and really unfaithful to him and whoring ourselves out, for lack of better words. Um, that's how this, the Bible describes it. Mm-hmm. And all throughout the scriptures is he's the groom, we're the bride, and we're a really, really bad bride. Mm-hmm. And yet he faithfully and relentlessly pursued us. And so always under any circumstance, kids, newborns, little ones, like regardless, that's our mandate for how to love our wives is a relentless pursuit of your heart, Mm -hmm. regardless of what you give back to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think my mindset coming into Ella was Mm -hmm. this needs to be like on heightened, like on Mm -hmm. steroids, basically for, again, for back, lack of better words. Um, that I wanted, I would just wanted to pursue you. I knew that you would not be able to be as focused as a wife during this time. And I think one thing that helped me, and I, this is what I want the guys to hear, is that I've talked about this before in the podcast, is we don't make long-term conclusions in short-term seasons. Yeah. And I've learned now after 10 years of marriage and three babies that this is a short-term season. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens, what, where I felt maybe even in... Um, with Eden during that really crappy season and we, we were like disconnected mm-hmm. was I started to make long-term assumptions about us in that really crummy season, right. short-term season. Like our marriage is bad. Yeah. It's not good. Exactly. Yeah. I think there was just festering bitterness mm-hmm. and you're so focused on baby mm-hmm. and then we've already got crappy situation around us and mm-hmm. it's like, well, this just sucks. Marriage right. is going to suck. Like mm-hmm. Layla doesn't care for me and my needs. She's not being a good wife. I'm making all these like, you know, either verbal out loud, I'm saying them or I'm festering that kind of bitterness in my heart, which is unhealthy. And I think just this third seat, baby, uh, did you want to say something right there? No, I was just, no, that's true. Yeah. And so with Ella, I was just thinking, um, you know, I, this is a short term season. You're not, you, by God, by the way God designed humans, you are going to be in mom mode, mm-hmm. like exclusively yeah. for three to six months. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I kind of suck it up um, that I I'm not the focus of this family. I'm not the center of the attention. Um, but by God's grace, He's given us a little one who requires tons of attention. Right. And so I'm just going to serve you 
the best that I can with no expectations return. Again, to just highlight the point, that's always true of us, regardless mm-hmm. in our marriage. Uh, this is for every, regardless of where you are in your marriage. But I, th- I just feel like it's especially true that you lay down your expectations for the sake of your wife, because especially because you know this is a short-term season. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I mean, the engagement of mom with babies is. I mean, it's certainly more than the first three to six months, but especially in that first three to six months when, um, you know, especially if, if you're a nursing mom and even if you're not, I mean, you grew a human, I mean, an entire human being out of your flesh. Crazy. It's unbelievable. And then delivered that baby. And then um, your hormones, I just cannot <laughs> overstate how just wild that is to feel like, completely out of control of how you're feeling. That's really unusual for me. And I, I, it happened with all three, um, you know, with all three pregnancies and deliveries, I just really felt out of control of how I was feeling. And I, I don't like that. And, um, and just the exhaustion, you know, um, getting up every two hours or three hours, um, and just being needed and, I know that's certainly a Layla thing, but I don't think that's just a Layla thing. But I get really, really sucked dry when I'm like needed by a lot of people or too many times or for too long. I mean, and then to have, you know, if if, if you as my husband then also were like, okay, well, you put the baby to bed. Like, what about Jared time? I, I just... <laughs> it I did, had no energy emotionally or physically for that. So I appreciate because I did notice that you were conscious that I just wasn't going to be in a place emotionally or physically to be like very uh, reciprocal of your serving <laughs> me. Yeah. yeah, you've talked about it. You've mentioned it a couple times, uh, which l- words of affirmation aren't your love language. And, yeah. and yet you've given affirmation to me a couple times in with Ella after having Ella that you feel like you were well loved. Yeah. I did. I really did. And I, and part of it, I think, um, and I remember feeling this a couple of times after Ella was born. Um, I remember one particular day I was sitting on my little chair that I like to nurse her in and you were, I think you were cleaning the house and, you know, Elijah and Eden were following you around and, and I was just sitting there and I just, tears were welling up because I felt like I didn't deserve this. And I'm just sitting here and I'm not helping clean. I didn't help feed the kids. I didn't help. I didn't play with them at all that day. I literally was just sitting in that chair all day long watching you do everything. And, you know, like the guilt, you, I, mom, we already, you know, they call it mom guilt. Um, I already felt, you know, guilty about not being there as much as I wanted to be um, present but you all, you did make me feel like I don't have to do anything but sit in that chair and hold the baby and feed the baby and sleep whenever I could. Yeah. And that, that's what I try to kept, try to keep telling you that whole time was your only role is to just love on this baby mm-hmm. and be fully present. And we've kind of made jokes like, you know, daddy's time will kick in. Like I'll, I'll play mm-hmm. later as she grows up mm-hmm. and make the jokes and we'll run around and play mm-hmm. at the parks and stuff. But like right now, you feed that baby and you mm-hmm. make sure you get some sleep and I'll take care of the rest. And the other thing on that too, is this is for husbands. Like I felt like th- for the first time with Ella, the, our, our most recent baby, that it was, um, it was a privilege to serve you. Like I felt like I was, I fell more in love with you as I had made that mental shift to like, 
I'm going to try to serve you well Mm -hmm. in this. And, uh, you know, it's when somebody serves you, you feel loved. Mm -hmm. Um, And it makes you love that person who's serving you Mm because you think, wow, look at all these things that they're doing for me. I really love you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thanks for serving me. But what I noticed as I'm trying to grow up and uh, for lack of better words, I keep saying that, but like man up and just grow in my maturity of of being a man, which I feel like uh, I'm still such a rookie at. Um, But one thing I'm learning is um, that you can fall in love with somebody by serving them, Mm -hmm. that your affection towards them can actually grow by serving them. And I I felt that like it it really felt like an honor for me Mm -hmm. to be able to care for you um, in that. I mean, you just birthed a baby and Mm -hmm. like you're breastfeeding and you're caring like you're sustain. uh, God sustains life, but you're sustaining that little Mm -hmm. human's life by God's grace. And that's a lot of work. And it, it was a, it takes a lot out of you. And anyway, I just felt like this wasn't my time. This was your time and baby's time. And it was a joy for me to serve you, which I feel naturally, honestly, like a pretty selfish person. So that's like, <laughs> that, was a big gro- <laughs> that was a big growing, uh, big growing. Yeah, that was really awesome. It was, it really, it helped tremendously because the mom guilt, I think was going to settle in any way, but to, to not feel the pressure from you to contribute more was a big, it was, it was just a big relief, I think. Yeah. You moving on to the second point. So that was kind of a man's perspective, perspectives for the men, lay down your expectations Mm -hmm. um, and uh, serve your wife. Uh, It's a short term season, give her everything you've got. And would you, would your affection grow for her? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, as, as you serve her well. So that that's one perspective. Uh, perspective of a woman, you, you had mentioned something earlier today about what it looks like to love your husband during this season. And um, you had talked about how for most men, we receive love. <laughs> We're pretty simple creatures uh, through physical intimacy, mm-hmm. aka sex. Like we'll mm-hmm. just be, we can be blunt about that. So dudes like, you know, it's a season where we're not really having sex because you, Mm -hmm. you know, well, however the mom birthed, whether that was a C-section or naturally or whatever, Mm -hmm. like that takes a ridiculous toll on your body. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that being physically intimate with your husband is not like the first thing um, on your mind Mm -hmm. or even capable of doing. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, even just physically, you have to wait. I can't remember whatever the, you know, your first postpartum checkup is like six to eight weeks afterward. And then you can get cleared by the doctor. But even at six to eight weeks, like you just had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I mean, I was still just emotionally reeling and physically and just, ex- I'm up every two hours. So when the baby goes to bed and I'm tired, I'm not like, let's see how much later I can stay awake and do this thing with you. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. no, I want to go to, I want sleep. I need sleep. <laughs> and, I, and I remember you even talking about like, it's hard to feel sexy. At oh that. my gosh. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I know there's probably a lot of men, but man, yeah, it was not, it's not exactly glamorous. Um, you know, the, ner- the, all the fluids, I don't know what words <laughs> I can use here. Jared always thinks I'm gross, but I'm a nurse. And so I, I can anyway. Yeah. I just, um, no, don't look at me. Don't touch me. (laughs) And I'm going to bed. Yeah. (laughs) Where are my sweatpants? Yeah. Yeah. I remember a mentor one time I had this mentor in high school who said that, like, I don't remember what the context was. It feels weird talking about now, but he said something like he, he and his wife didn't have sex together for like, I don't know, six to eight weeks. Maybe he was talking about like right after having a baby Mm -hmm. or something. 
and how, you know, that was really hard. That's a hard thing. And at the time I'm a high school dude. I'm like, I haven't had sex in like 16 years. (laughs) Yeah. Ever. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, this doesn't, it feels like four to eight weeks, you know, bro, like suck Mm -hmm. it up. That's what what I felt like to him. Um, but now being a married man like that, that's a long time to go without being intimate with your wife, four to six weeks. Um, or if not longer, you Mm -hmm. know, for some people, um, so, but anyway, you talked about one way of just like continuing to, to, as a wife in that moment, like, what does it look like on you or for you to kind of pursue your, your husband and mm-hmm. in intimate ways, even yeah. if physical intimacy isn't an option? Yeah. Cause that's another thing. I don't know why, maybe this is me thing, but like the guilt or feeling, you know, um, yeah, just guilty about all the things. And one of those being you know, look at my husband doing all these things for me and I'm doing nothing for him and knowing that, um, for you or, you know, for a lot of men in general, the way that you feel connected or bonded or intimate is, you know, through physical, um, intimacy and not even being able to, or wanting to do that. It was just one more thing I'm not able to do after having a baby. So I think some things that, um, I, you know, I could try and do would be, um, like what are other ways that, um, like I know for you, um, words of affirmation is a big way to feel connected. And so, you know, sharing with you, like, I'm really appreciate, I'm seeing what you're doing and I'm really appreciating what you're doing. Um, or, you know, just acknowledging what I was seeing that you were doing. Um, I feel like that probably would help you. I I don't know what everybody else's husband's love language is, but learning what it is and doing that would probably go a long way. Um, Probably for a lot of guys, I know physical touch is one of the, you know, a a top um, love language, but words of affirmation for you. But even just, um, you know, if, if your thing was watching some show every evening, but just getting my sweatpants on and crawling out to the couch and snuggling with you and probably falling asleep on you while we watch whatever show. Just Um, making an effort to say like, I see you as my husband still. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because it does feel as a husband that all of your focus is baby, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which rightly so. I mean, I'm not a wife anymore. I'm just a mom for a little while. Yeah. But to, but for a wife to make an intentional effort to say like, Hey, I I see you as Mm -hmm. husband. Yeah. And um, even if it's, literally falling asleep Mm -hmm. on the couch while I watch the show or whatever, or just the the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a back rub, you know, a holding of hands, like these Mm -hmm. little things. It's like, even just physically saying like, Hey, I see, I I love you. I can't wait to like, Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to being intimate with you again. Like these little things, I think for men, um, if the enemy has a playground where he wants to speak, kind of lies into the man and really set these plant these seeds of bitterness it's those kinds of things yeah it's the right time to do it and i think for a wife to be able to just kind of speak these words of truth and affirmation for her husband are are really huge during that point Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. period um we'll just end on this last one and something that i think um we were somewhat intentional about doing um because we had a big gap. We, we did, we have a eight year old, uh, almost six year old. And then we have a gap now into a seven month old. Um, but I think because of that gap, it allowed us to really think through what is life going to be like for us 
mm-hmm. on the other side of baby. And usually when you find out you're pregnant, like your whole world becomes consumed with that baby. Mm-hmm. Do we have all the stuff? Preparing for the baby. Uh, yeah, you're preparing, you're getting physically ready, mentally ready, emotionally ready for all that. But what I don't think we do as couples often is take that same kind of preparation for like marriage yeah. and just thinking through, okay, when baby comes, what is married life going to look like for us over mm-hmm. these next three to six, nine, 12 months? And specifically just saying like, Hey, what are some of your expectations mm-hmm. over the next year? And, um, like, and I, again, we talk every time you're on the show, we talk about this and it seems so simple, but like just overly communicating. Somebody asked me yeah. recently on, on Insta, we were flying home last night and I did a question and answer on Instagram and, and they were talking about communication as a new couple. Mm-hmm. But I, I think communication is a lifelong learning. It's not like you, you just learn to communicate right. and then you've arrived. Mm-hmm. Like humans don't know how to communicate, let alone a two people under the same roof who God is forming and knitting together as one. Mm-hmm. It's a lifelong practice right. of learning. And as your seasons change, the way you communicate will change. And yeah. 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 So just learning to communicate well in before that and just, I think some of the best communication happens when you learn to ask really good questions. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the better questions you can ask, the, the better communication seems to happen. So just really like, you know, a month before baby comes to say, hey, like over the next three months, w- what are your expectations for intimacy yeah. um, for us? And it's way easier to have that conversation a month before baby's do mm-hmm. than three months after when you're feeling bitter mm-hmm. towards your spouse for not being intimate. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So setting yourselves up for success by just like having that conversation and just husbands, bro, like lead that man. Like, let me try to get, I'll try to give you some questions. Like ask that question. If you're, if your wife's pregnant, um, ask her like, Hey, what does intimacy look like for you? Mm-hmm. Um, when baby comes over the next year. Postpartum intimacy. Yeah. yeah. What would that look like for you? Um, another question would be like, are, what? And that doesn't have to just be sexual. Like yeah. Intimacy is like closeness yep. and togetherness. Yeah. Yeah. What, I guess, what are some ways that I can serve you? What are some ways that I can help out that would really just make you feel valued mm-hmm. when baby comes? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the only thing I'm thinking of right now is for the, uh, when I said that question, the thing I'm thinking of is the husband who had, he's in the middle of the bitterness because they mm-hmm. have a young one mm-hmm. and they just don't feel into, they don't feel close right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's in the middle of bitterness. I'm trying to think of like, what would be my encouragement to that dude mm. who is in the middle of that? I guess my encouragement would be one bro, like, continue to serve her without expectation. Like I said at the very beginning, um, because that's your mandate as Mm -hmm. a follower of Jesus, this is what it looks like to love your wife. The way that Christ loves the church is to give you literally to lay your life down. Um, which sucks, man. There's, there's Mm -hmm. like, there's 0% fun in dying in any way. (laughs) Like when Jesus says come and die, there's nothing fun about that. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, I'm serving her, but she doesn't do anything for me. I hear this Mm -hmm. all the time. Well, bro, that's, that's dying. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) that is the way that Jesus loved you. You did nothing in return for him Mm -hmm. and he kept giving up himself for you. And so this is what it looks like. So I, I think that's the first thing I would say. And then the second thing I would say kind of, um, on a real practical level would be again, to go back to this communication, like, Hey, what, what does intimacy look like for you 
right now as we have young kids mm-hmm. and we're just in survival mode. Right. Um, and saying something, I mean, we can't, we keep saying communicate, um, but saying something too, instead of like sitting in that bitterness, but just saying like something you say sometimes is, you know, I just, my love tank is empty and I would feel, you know, more loved by you if whatever, mm-hmm. like when I come home, if you would just give me a hug or something, yeah. cause I think, I know like for me, I could get really comfortable and you just kind of get into a rhythm where creatures of habit and, you know, for once you're doing something for three months or six months, you're not going to like automatically say, okay, six months is up and now I'm going to start being like how I used to be. Um, So just like remembering to um, talk about it and, and so that your wife can be conscious of it as well, just like you know, he's right. When he comes home, I used to hug him every day and ask him how his day was. And I haven't done that in a long time. And those little things like really just drive distance, I think, between yep. between you. So just saying something, my love tank is empty and here's what it would look like to me to feel more loved. Um, but also allowing her to share like, I'm not ready yet or okay, I'll do this or whatever. Yeah. But, I think one thing too that I was just thinking of as you were saying that is um, on the whole communication thing, I think it starts longer, like the process is longer on the front end and it's, it's, there's shortcuts on the back end. So like, what do you mean? uh, Well, I was thinking when the very first time I ever said, Hey, my love tank is empty. I had to like explain what I meant. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't remember exactly what you said because it was like years ago when we started talking Mm -hmm. like that, but you would probably said something like either defensive or mm-hmm. it would be a defensive statement. Like, what do you yeah. mean your love tanks empty? Right. You know, um, why would I, I, I remember feeling cause I'm not really a words of affirmation type. And so remember feeling like I have told you before that I love you, you know? <laughs> right. So what do you mean? Yeah. I have to keep like saying it every day. You know, I didn't understand like, why would you need to continue to hear it? That made me feel like, are you accusing me of not loving you anymore? Or yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand. Yeah. That's actually how I hear a lot of women feel. I know (laughs) a lot of women (laughs) say that, like I've heard men say that their wives are constantly saying like, why don't you pursue me? Or Mm -hmm. why don't you love me? Mm -hmm. And the man's like, what what are you talking about? Like I work every day Mm -hmm. or I married you (laughs) and I didn't cheat on you. Like I'm here and I'm working hard and I'm paying the bills. So that means I love you so I don't have to (laughs) do anything else. Why do you keep saying that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hear that kind of reversed of in roles that we just (laughs) talked about, which is similar. I mean, that happens often for us um, when we do marriage counseling and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Jared, a lot of times typically relates to the the female that we're speaking with and I... I understand from the male's perspective, interestingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, but... And th- there's no right or wrong. No. Either way is fine, but what we found typically. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that that conversation, you know, maybe was like 30 minutes or an hour, where now, 10 years into marriage, I say like, hey, my love tank's empty, and like that it, you immediately know yeah, what, I get what, it. what that means. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by like your communication, you get some shortcuts yeah yeah Imagine you do like have f- you have to put work in the front is that what you mean yep. yeah yeah the front end will be hard because mm-hmm. a lot of guys are like i don't want to have deep conversations every day right it's exhausting for a lot of dudes sure. like having a 30 minute deep conversation about right. emotions like that mm-hmm. sounds exhausting no thanks 
but I, I, that was my encouragement is like, I think it's heavy on the front end, but then you just Mm -hmm. learn some good shortcuts and wives be gracious to your husbands in that way. Like if you've had those long conversations and then, you know, two years later, he's saying, Hey, my love tank's empty. Like, don't drag it out. Like, you know what he's saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you understand what he means, Mm -hmm. does that make sense? I think so. And not being defensive too, because if, if, like I can't tell you no it's not or right. it shouldn't be like I can't say that you no one's allowed to tell you how you feel so I think um another I think on your Instagram when you had that Q&A one of the statements that you had suggest suggested was um the story I'm telling myself is or you know the way that I'm feeling is this x y and z um and nobody can like I can't argue that away like I just have to hear that and I could explain maybe yeah um that's Brene Brown's thinking mm -hmm, by the way which mm -hmm. is so powerful yeah it's huge because like the reality is we are often telling ourselves stories in our head that are not true right you made up a whole story a narrative because you know the way that you looked at me and now I'm like okay he's looking at me because he thinks I'm not pretty I think it's because he thinks that girl across the street's more pretty than I am. You know, right. I've created this entire story. Um, and yeah, if you could just, just say it, say it out loud, communicate it. The story I'm telling myself when you look at me that way is this. Yeah. And then that gives the other person an opportunity not to say that's ridiculous or you shouldn't feel that way, but oh my gosh, no, when I look at you that way, here's what I was actually thinking. And, it, and it's usually, I imagine, like it's got to be like nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100. It's not what the story that you've played yeah, out in your mind. Right. Uh, and it's really hard to, if you came and said, well, how come you don't think I'm pretty? You think every other girl's pretty. Mm-hmm. That's a way different way to approach. Immediately right. I'm pulling up my defenses yeah, and I'm backpedaling or whatever. But as opposed to you saying, here's the story I'm telling myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's so different. Yeah. It's a so, great tool. Yeah. So anyway, I think we've uh, exhausted this one. Thanks for hanging out. Probably today. not. It's so complicated. That's true. We've ex- <laughs> we've exhausted ourselves. I'm exhausted. Yes. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> uh, love you guys. Thanks for hanging out. Again, we are a nonprofit ministry that is helping guys lead their family well. If you think this episode and all the other things that we do are helpful to help equip men to lead their family, Uh, Would you consider joining us, partnering with us? And as a way of saying thank you, we'd love to send you our devotional for men for free. Um, So you can go to dadtire.com, click the devotional tab, and we will send you that for free when you make a contribution to the ministry. I love you guys. Hope you have a great week. Happy belated Father's Day. I'll see you next week. Later. Later.